We bow our heads and pray. Gracious God, may the words of my mouth and the thoughts of our hearts be acceptable to you through Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. So William Shakespeare wrote that all the world is a stage, meaning that whether we realize it or not, all of us are performing. All of us do things to be noticed. We perform without realizing it. Little children perform for their parents or grandparents or most anyone who will show them some attention. A common remark of most any child is, watch me. And we adults are a little more sophisticated about the same thing. We may not go around saying, watch me, but we still desire to be noticed. We may not verbalize our desire, but the desire is still there. How many of us in the church have had our feelings hurt because we did not receive the recognition we felt we deserved? How many dollars would have been withheld if there had been no memorial plaque in honor of the one who donated the money, soli deo gloria, meaning to the glory of God alone. My friends, Jesus condemns just that sort of hypocrisy in our gospel lesson for tonight. I think that's why Martin Luther wrote that our righteousness is more dangerous than our sin. Sorrow for sin will hopefully lead us to repentance, but our righteousness can lead us to pride and self-glorification. Roman numeral one in your sermon outline, page 11, theatrical righteousness. In letter A, the Greek word theatonai, or we would get our word theater from that, means to be seen. In verse one of our gospel reading, Jesus says, beware of practicing your righteousness before other people in order to be seen by them, for then you will have no reward from your Father who is in heaven. I think virtue signaling would be one example of this. We may proclaim on social media or some other platform that we support a certain cause in order to demonstrate to others just how caring we are. We claim the moral high ground for ourselves. Letter B, when it comes to theatrical righteousness, the audience is your peers, my peers. And letter C, theatrical righteousness glorifies you rather than God, and it robs God of his praise. It robs him of his praise. And that's serious because others need to see, others need to see God as the generous God whom he is. And they are less likely to see him as merciful and generous if you and I are the ones directing the praise to ourselves or welcoming the praise 
for ourselves. Our taking credit not only robs God of his praise, but it affects the faith of others. Letter D, the Hippocrati, the hypocrites, that's where we get our word hypocrites from or hypocrisy from, really means performers, and we see that in verse two. This is performing now for a human audience. Verse two, thus when you give to the needy, sound no trumpet before you as the Hippocrati, the hypocrites do, in the synagogues and in the streets, that they may be praised by others. Truly I say to you, they already have their reward. And letter E, that means that the reward for such behavior is fleeting, it's short-lived, it's already gone. Now all of us, as I've said, all of us have this desire to be noticed to be praised in some way. But once that notice happens, once the praise is spoken, it's over. It's history. And it's quickly forgotten. Now contrast that with verses three and four of our gospel reading. Jesus goes on. But when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand does, so that your giving may be in secret. And your father who sees in secret will reward you. Now, now I refer to this as anonymous righteousness as opposed to the theatrical kind. Roman numeral two, anonymous righteousness is encrypto. And we get our word crypt from that, which means secret or hidden. Uh, Cryptography is writing in code. It's writing in a hidden way, a secret way. And it means in secret. And the anonymous righteousness, the audience for such is God alone, letter B. God alone is the audience. And letter C, this anonymous righteousness glorifies God alone because there's no one else to thank. There's no one else to thank. And because the person helped is ignorant of the human agent involved, he or she can offer thanks to God alone. And that can restore or strengthen that individual's faith in God. I love the way John the Baptist said it. He must increase, speaking of Christ, I must decrease. That brings glory to God and increased faith to our neighbor. Letter D, the Father's rewards, and this is so true and it's important to remember for all of us, the Father's rewards are based on grace, on grace and not on merit. And we know that because the rewards are promised to those who are already saved. The audience in the Sermon on the Mount are the disciples, those whom Jesus has said, you are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. He's speaking to the saved. Point number two, the reward always far exceeds whatever we could merit. And we see that time and again. In in Matthew 5, Jesus says, great is your reward in heaven. 
Matthew 19, 29, Jesus says, anyone who's left houses or brothers or sisters or father or mother or wife or children or fields for my sake will receive a hundredfold as much and will inherit eternal life as well. God's rewards outstrip any thought of merit. And that's why the writer of Hebrews says, don't throw away your confidence. It will be richly rewarded. That's God. He gives on the basis of grace, not merit. And point number three, the promise of reward is what consoles us in our affliction. That's why the reward is promised, because we're weak. And we need to be reminded that the sufferings of the present are not worthy of comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. We need to hear that. Because of our weakness, it strengthens us. It encourages us to keep on. In letter E, there is no contradiction between Matthew 5.16 and our gospel reading tonight, Matthew 6, verse 1. Matthew 5.16 reads in this way. You've heard it before. Jesus says in the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. Your good deeds are to be seen by others. And and that seems to contradict what Jesus says in chapter 6, verse 1. Beware of practicing your righteousness before other people in order to be seen by them, for you will have no reward from your Father who is in heaven. But there is no contradiction here at all. You want your light to shine before others, but only when God gets the credit. And the best way for God to receive credit is for your good deeds to be done anonymously. That glorifies God. There's no contradiction here. It's comparing doing good deeds for your glorification versus doing good deeds for God's glorification. That's what's going on. Roman numeral three. Jesus... (laughs) Jesus assigns little or no value to the opinion of others and how different he is from you and from me. Only such a man could go to the cross, one who does not value the opinion of others. Only such a man could go to the cross. Letter A, the Sermon on the Mount is Jesus' description of himself. When when you read all these commands and all these admonitions, it's simply a description of the way Jesus already is. And the Sermon on the Mount is also a description of the way you are in your new nature. That new nature within you that agrees with the will of God, that desires to do the will of God, and that often does the will of God. Our new nature desires at all times to do everything that Christ commands, But our sinful nature often prevents us from doing as we would like, and don't we know it? So we are weak in regard to righteousness, but Jesus is not. Jesus is strong in regard to righteousness. Letter B, Jesus says in John 8, 29, I always do those things that are pleasing to him, and thank God he does. Jesus said in chapter 4, my food is to do the will of him who sent me 
and so he does. And the will of the Father who sent him is to fulfill all righteousness, including all of the righteousness that you and I lack. And let her see, Christ is our righteousness. He is our righteousness. Jeremiah 23, 6, Behold, the days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will raise up for David a righteous branch, and he shall reign as king. He shall deal wisely. He shall execute justice and righteousness in the land. In his days, Judah will be saved. Israel will dwell securely. And this is the name by which he will be called. The Lord is our righteousness. And my friends, I'm here to tell you tonight, the Lord himself is your righteousness now, today, tomorrow, and on the last day as well. And we can stand before the throne of judgment confident because Christ alone fulfills the law for you and for me. He is our righteousness. St. Paul wrote in our epistle reading for tonight, for our sake he made him who knew no sin to become sin for us that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. This is the good news that every sinner needs to hear and we can't hear it often enough. And this is why St. Paul wrote, For by grace you have been saved through faith. This is not your doing. It is the gift of God, not as a result of works, so that no one may boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. My friends, all of us, all of us want to be noticed. But whose notice will we seek? That of our peers or that of God? The desire to be noticed by God is what you and I would call faith. That is faith. To understand that God sees in secret. Faith is knowing that God is the only audience that matters. And we can bear with any indignity now as long as we know that we have the reward awaiting. The desire to be noticed by God is what we call faith. And faith is what pleases God in spite of all our failures. My friends, all the world is a stage and we're all performers whether we realize it or not. The question is not whether we have an audience, but which audience we will have. In Jesus' name, amen. The peace of God, which passes all understanding, guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus, amen.